Hello, and welcome back to the Food for Thought uh, podcast. This is our third episode. Um, I'm your, I'm one of your hosts, Samir Alapati. I'm your other host, Anish Dave. Yeah, and uh, today we want to talk about something a little bit more current, a little bit more relevant, and probably more helpful um, to a wider audience. And we want to talk about that specific thing is um, vaccines. Um, I think we'll just get right into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. First, some background. A vaccine can take many forms, but the idea of a vaccine is to train your immune system in some way or another against a weak version of a virus so that when it deals with a strong version of the virus, it already has preparation and it can deal with it in a better way. Yeah. And the, uh, a vaccine that most people are familiar with is um, the, your annual flu shot. Obviously, not all people get it every year. But um, uh, most people are still familiar with this shot. Um, and a lot of the times it's made available to us in the United States or um, other parts of the world. It's because the influenza virus will actually take form um, in multiple places such as Australia, New Zealand, um, Indonesia, the Philippines, all those islands um, and whatnot, all those countries. And then. By the time it comes to the United States, scientists from Australia, New Zealand, and even scientists from the United States um, and other Western countries will will have already made um, a vaccine that's ready to go by the time the next wave hits uh, the other countries. Yeah, yeah. And a really thing is the initial vaccines, almost every year, it's educated guessing by scientists. They're trying to figure out what's going to be the next strain. That's why, I mean, there's been some extremely bad uh, strains. The H1N1 is a really good example of this. Uh, And there's been others throughout history, of course. But it's very much, there's a potential for it to help, but it really can't hurt you unless you're allergic to something, you know, if you have pre-existing conditions, which are listed before you ever take a vaccine. Yeah, and your doctor really won't recommend you a vaccine anyways if you already have those um, yes. pre-existing conditions. And like most of yeah. the time with flu shots, that's the case because you get it from your doctor or your pediatrician. But yeah, vaccines are the best way of defense against viruses because unlike bacteria, we really don't have a surefire way of dealing with viruses overall yeah um yeah and obviously there's a a vaccine that's much higher in demand this year than uh than any influenza (laughs) Uh, i don't know if you've heard of it it's this thing called covid19 um yes yeah in the past few months actually they've a lot of um a lot of these uh, big pharma companies they've come up with like pretty good um vaccine solutions obviously some of them have not been as effective but most of the time, people are seeing better results um, already. Um, they're, and they're getting more confident now that the vaccine is out there. Um, yeah. They feel like they can get back to the... They feel like they can get back on their feet. Obviously, yeah. there still have to be some regulations that have to be followed. Um, yes. But, and by the way, a vaccine yeah. is not always guaranteed. But it is when it when a vaccine works and it's predicted something it will always make the course of the illness less severe, even if you get reinfected. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that is very true. Like, and um, we can tell you, like, Anish and I, we both 
um, contracted the, uh, the COVID-19 virus around the same time. Uh, it was at the beginning of December. Yeah. And yeah. Um, we can tell you, like, those first few days with the virus, they are, they're very difficult. Um, I know Anish, he has um, asthma and other allergies. I'm not that... asthma. Just I was dealing with a lot of seasonal allergies at the same oh. time. Yeah. You, oh, you but have, like, I... winter and fall seasonal allergies? I have every season seasonal allergies. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then, yeah, that's like one of the biggest things, right? For like yes. people who've already got the virus. Like I know Anish, have you gotten your second dose? I got my second shot. What was worse is that I was dealing with allergy issues again during that. Yeah. So, so I know, I know for people like Anish who already had the virus once, yeah, um, the, the vaccine a, is uh, will be worse if you have the if you got the virus. The vaccine is going to have a harder effect, but that means it's working. Means it's working. It like for me, I got my first dose um, uh, last Friday, so I think I forget what day it is really. But we're recording on on um, the 29th of April, yeah. so someone can do the math. But um, I got my first dose, and I was out for like three days. Yeah. Yeah, like and so the way this works is obviously vaccines train your immune system, but so does getting sick and getting over over something. Yeah. So that's why, you know, uh, what is it? You don't get the strep throat every three weeks, even if that virus is around you. You get exactly. the strep throat because hey, you, you built up immunity. Yeah, you build up immunity, but then when there's different strains of everything, they slowly get over it. Depend doesn't matter if it's a bacteria or a virus, but. You know, everything new, your immune system doesn't recall and or it has to learn to understand and then be able to fight the next time. Mm -hmm. So for COVID, when you have COVID, you're going to have one reaction. Then if you take the vaccine, you're going to have a stronger reaction than people that didn't have COVID because your immune system is already ready. It's already had to deal with this one. Now, this means that your immune system basically is just getting more training, which is extremely good. Even if you had the virus, even if you had COVID nineteen, because there is possibility of COVID nineteen reinfection, so yeah. having the vaccine gives you another layer. Yeah, and basically, like um, what the government and what other people are calling this type of vaccine, like for people who've already had it, they're calling it like a booster vaccine, like a booster shot, right? Basically, to just increase or boost your immunity um, going forward. So this doesn't mean that you can't ever get the virus again. Because there have been yeah. cases of people like contracting the virus again um, after already having COVID once or having already received uh, the first or second dose of the vaccine. So it doesn't mean 100% effectiveness. But what it does mean is that if you do get it, your body will be ready and it will shut it down as soon as it can. So yeah. it's just something to take into account, even if you've already had it. Don't think that, oh, I've already had it. I have antibodies. Um, I'll be safe. No, you will. You can still get it, um, and who knows? Maybe the effects will be severe, but the important thing is to at least um, get vaccinated as soon as possible, and that's another thing. People are getting vaccinated very quickly. I think the, vac the first vaccines rolled out uh, early January, right? I think over two-thirds of the United they were States. Going clinical testing. And I think right around the election time frame, they were I at mean, least going through clinical tests. Yeah, they're going I through, don't... yeah, they were going through clinical tests, I think, but they released it in like um, in those yeah. phases. Remember, like phase one, phase two, or whatever, or phase A, or whatever. And um, but now I think yeah. they released it to a much wider population. I think yes. over two thirds of the United States 
um, get it at least. Been vaccinated. I don't think I don't think two hundred million people have been vaccinated. I think two hundred million people are eligible, Samir. Eligible? Yeah, because uh, the reason I don't say two hundred million is because uh, the original goal was one hundred million. So, yeah. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, because you know U.S. population is uh, somewhere around three hundred million. So I know that um, the current criteria for the vaccine is you must be, I believe, over the age of sixteen. Correct me if I'm wrong. What is it? But I believe. Uh, yeah, sixteen. Uh, so most states have decreased the age to sixteen. So if you're sixteen and above, you can get the vaccine. Yeah, and that is the minimum FDA limit that they have. Yeah, and they're thinking about reducing that age to I think if they get twelve it and tests, up. Yeah, obviously yes, they'll do t- tests and stuff, but I think they're reducing the age. They will, like, like, in, at least from like a short term like point of view, I think they'll reduce it to twelve and above. Yeah. Like if they, especially if they're confident that it's safe. Yeah. Um, for kids no. that age. Of course, there's. Um several types of or the several different companies for vaccines in the u.s there's three major ones pfizer moderna and johnson and johnson the key differences are pfizer and moderna are two shots that are taken three weeks apart johnson and johnson is a single shot vaccine however it is i believe slightly less reliable johnson and johnson yeah it's like 66 percent effective Right, mm-hmm. like especially from what their clinical studies um, determine, it's sixty six percent effective against the virus. Um, but a lot of, but it had a lot of appeal to a lot of people because it's a, it's only one dose. You only yeah. have to go one time, and you're done with it. Um, and you know, honestly, that's a very good benefit compared to the other ones. While the other ones may be more effective, I mean, a lot of people just don't can't afford to be down and sick for so long. That's true. But, yeah, but COVID. I think um, I think the FDA and the and the and the government they re they pulled the um, they did. yeah they, yeah they pulled the Johnson and Johnson vaccine because they started hearing like I mean these are like rare cases keep in mind yes. but they kept but they heard rare cases of like blood clots forming yeah um, and, and that's got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine yeah Go ahead. and that's a very serious thing that COVID does that very few viruses do yeah is blood clots uh, medically um, COVID is almost identical to the SARS um, pan- uh, I believe it was called a pandemic of uh, several years ago um, it's actually the scientific name for the COVID-19 uh, disease is the the virus is called SARS-CoV-2 so it's almost identical however the changes that are within it are that may are that it makes it far more contagious um, far more likely to infect if somebody gets it. So there's like less, um, sorry, there's, you, if, if you're around someone with it, it's much higher that you'll get it. And then uh, what it was, um, it's also, you know, got some different symptom sets. While SARS itself, I believe, had a higher uh, death rate, um, COVID just has a lot of things that it, it allow a lot of complications that can occur. Yeah, compared. that's true. Yeah. So, like blood clots, that's something nobody, I believe, expected from you know a SARS type virus. Yeah, I agree. 
So it's, it's very, very similar to that disease, which I believe, believe many people have heard about at least, which was a very serious issue. So that explains a lot of, you know, scientifically why it's, you know, so dangerous. Yeah, for sure. I think another important thing, like, especially if you want to get vaccinated is like, it's very easy to go and get vaccinated. Like nowadays there's like mega centers, like set up like in almost every County, I think, at least I I know in Texas, every single County has um, a mega center where you basically just go to said mega center and you, um, you just roll up in your car. Right. And they'll write, they'll write a number on your window. Um, like I don't I don't know how it really works. I saw I heard it I heard about it from a friend. I heard about it reading a couple of articles. But basically, you just roll up to these centers. Um, they'll write a number on your window, right, to identify you when you come back for your second dose. Um, you roll down your window. Um, they'll give you your vaccination card, right? You give them the necessary information, right? Maybe if it's health insurance or whatever, right? Um, and then you'll get vaccinated. And then you just wait there in the parking lot for 15 minutes just to make sure there's like no negative side effects. Mm-hmm. And then it's um, from there on, it's like pretty easy. You just leave. So you don't, you never, you have, like at these mega centers, you don't even have to get down. It's like very yeah. easy to get these vaccines. Yeah. But if um, you want more. Yeah, huh? from I personally got the vaccine from a local CVS. And I've got to say, like the experience, even at those areas, it's very smooth. You just basically you sign up online pick a time you show up it's that simple even like i mean drive through that's amazing having to being able to sign up for these things online i don't think we would have expected this even a year ago for the vaccines oh for sure and i think like that's like another important thing right just like making it as easy as possible yeah. right so you're in and out quick like i got mine at kroger um and i think and i think like please like um cvs like like more dedicated pharmacy types like they're yeah. um they're even like allowing walk-ins right like if you come late enough in the day right because for every center they have to have a set number of um, vaccines prepared right yeah. like first dose and whatnot um they have to have a set number of vaccines prepared but once you prepare those um vaccines you can't you know keep them forever. you can't keep them forever and you can't like really store them in the same place right otherwise it becomes like a like a logistics and like um storing uh storage issue so they basically like if there's walk-ins and like people are like trying to get vaccines they will administer um the vaccine right just so they don't have to keep, hold on to those doses that they've already prepared so like even if you think like you can't get a reservation just like try one day and just go and see if they're allowing walk-ins because i know i know cvs and i think maybe even walgreens i don't know i don't know if walgreens is administering the vaccine but i know that at the CVS close um, to mine and Nisha's house, it's um, like they've allowed a couple of walk-ins for people that I know. So definitely like just try your luck um, because I'm sure that you'll get it. If you are looking for the vaccine, of course. And if yeah. you aren't, I highly recommend that you get it. Yes, um, unless you have something obviously medically that's a risk if you take the vaccine. Of course, yes. Yes. Yeah. But even with like the onset of the vaccine, right? I think it's interesting because you look at a place like India, right? Which has yeah. actually, um, so India, I think their vaccine, they, I think they have the uh, Pfizer vaccine and I think they have the BioNTech vaccine. 
I don't think they had the AstraZeneca because I believe the AstraZeneca had some issues. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so like a lot of people in India, I mean, relative India has like over 1.2 billion people in population size. Right. So a lot of people relatively have gotten the vaccine, but you look at like the number of cases in India. Right. And I saw this report earlier, um, maybe like a couple days ago saying like India has like topped about um, 500 million COVID cases, which is a lot. Right. That's more than the population of the United States. So you look at it and you're like, and, and I, I thought, I don't know what you might have thought, but I thought it was just crazy. I, I felt like there's like a huge accountability issue, right? Not just in India, right? You look anywhere, like even in Europe, I, I, I predict that there might be like a second wave, right? You know, because people are becoming more lax with their COVID, like especially governments, they're becoming more lax with the regulations. Obviously they can put like, um, lockdowns in place or like some um, stage or some tier of um, uh, regulations but like I don't know I saw India because like like India is like where like most of my family is like I got like really worried when I saw like the huge spike in COVID cases I saw like that line I saw that line graph and I thought oh my god <laughs> it was crazy yeah and yeah it's pretty serious it's even with in the u.s where things are starting to get under control it's important that you know the uh masks so even if you're vaccinated wearing a mask can help because even if you don't get infected and you're and even if you're not some uh you probably won't get symptoms you can still be a carrier there's all of these different things that can happen you can still in some way you know help the spread of the vaccine that's why masks in general are important we just don't have the full science so that's why it's better to be safe than sorry yeah i definitely think um masks will probably become like they're here to stay masks are here to stay whether you like it or not right like even like i see i I see like one two like three years down the line people are still gonna be wearing masks like even if not in urban areas yeah and i yeah especially in urban areas and and i'm noticing now like like living in texas right wearing a mask helps so much during allergy season oh like whenever goodness. i go out and i wear a mask i feel so much better than better. i usually would yeah like so. and and not even like in like a placebo sort of way it's as in uh you know one day i had to go stuff do stuff and i wasn't i was wearing a mask totally fine nothing changed in the weather nothing changed in what i did the next day i just didn't wear a mask and i was basically <laughs> I was just stuck in bed for the next day. Yeah. So I think, yeah, things like masks, like sanitation. I can definitely say, like, okay, there's like a lot of bad things that happened during this pandemic. But um, one of the good things is, I think, is like the level of um, sanitation, like everywhere, right? Whether you go to restaurants, like I went to, I took a, me and my family, we, we went on a trip to um, Disney World um, during spring break. So in early March. And, um, like, everyone there is, like, following, like, regula- like the rules and regulations, like, CDC, like, um, social distancing, whatnot, right? Every single place is being wiped down after every ride, right? There's hand sanitizers after every single ride, right? Like, every, like, I'd say, like, every 50 feet, there's, like, a hand sanitizer station, right? And I think, it, I think like, if we keep going down this path, 
right? I think things will just be better overall, right? I don't know, like, I don't know about like a complete return to normalcy, right? Because it's very hard to come back from whatever has happened in the last year. But um, I hope that things, especially sanitation wise and hygiene wise, I hope they do stay the same. I, I mean, the, that's honestly been a good, just like, as you said, it's been a really a big improvement. I mean, in just, you know, how people take care of themselves. Yeah. And I think like people, like they're being more conscious, you know, they're mining other people's space now, right. They're, you know, they're just focused on whatever they need to be doing. Right. So I think it also like privacy wise, right. I think there's like a big improvement. Like anytime I go out, right. I always have my mask on, but I'm not like looking at what other people are doing. Right. Because I don't want to invade on the privacy, especially, you know, right. And um, I feel like social distancing, um, the masks, everything, it helps with maintaining privacy, right? Even like um, in a personal setting, in that personal Frankly, setting. even uh, uh, what I'm going to say might sound far, but it's not, especially in uh, several developed countries. I believe good examples would be uh, China. Um, I believe Japan has this. Uh, I'm not sure if the UK does, but I'm I'm pretty sure there's several countries that have this. But you know, facial recognition security, that's that's kind of something that's a very uncomfortable thought. But wearing a mask can completely mess with that, because that sort of stuff requires the view of an entire face. Bro, I, so, mean, I mean, forget about like entire countries or like home security systems having facial recognition. Like people with Face ID on their iPhones, or like some facial recognition on their like Androids, right? Like I can imagine how um, how difficult it must be with the mask, you know what I mean? And like, that's another that, that's like another thing that I think is pretty important, right? Like the amount of technological advancements that have had to be made just for the COVID pandemic. Obviously, facial recognition probably has not gotten better in the last year, but you look at something like okay, you look at one of the most basic examples, which is like video conferencing. You look at yeah. Zoom. You look at Google Meets. Um, you look at Skype, I mean, Microsoft Teams. All of these things have become so much more in use, right? These have all existed before, right? Yeah. But they've never been used to the extent they are now, right? But it's also way more convenient to use these types of things for just regular conferencing um, and meetings, right? Because most of the time, meetings and calls are done. I mean, meetings are done on call anyways, right? Very few times, well, like even my dad, I know, when he, whenever he goes to work, like in person, wherever he used to go, like, he would be on call anyways at the office. Like, they never really used to meet in the meeting room, right? So I feel like it's just pushing. And then, in turn, these apps, right, Zoom, Google Meets, um, Microsoft Teams, they've all gotten so much better, right, to help. Um, not to, yeah, I, I don't know, like, the exact word to describe it, but to, I guess, like, just better the user experience and to improve just, like, the amount of convenience that people have using something like video conferencing right exactly that's like, that's like the biggest improvement like just technological advancements that have been made and the amount of tech that people are using has also increased i think that's like there's a lot of good things that happened during the pandemic but obviously the bad yeah it's important the when things do go bad to focus on things that went well yeah you know like i think i think as far as okay like if i wanted to talk personally 
I can't say that I'm, I've been more productive. I think if anything, I've been more lazy. I've been waking <laughs> up consistently at like 7.55. And my class, my first class starts at eight, right? So what I've been doing nowadays, so what I've been doing nowadays, and I know because most likely my zero hour period teacher is listening to this. I'll wake up, <laughs> I will wake up, right? And I won't, I won't do anything else. I'll just get straight on my laptop. I'll log into Zoom, right? Yeah. And I'll just yeah. sit there for the first hour. I'll have done nothing. I'll, my eyes are like half, half open. So I, I can't say productivity improved for me, and I doubt it's improved for a lot of people. Obviously, okay. if you like working. Yeah. So uh, actually, something for me, I totally agree with that. Productivity did not. Yeah. For me, my morning routine takes a while just because I'm not the best in the mornings nowadays, because of how, uh, and just in general, I just, I used to be good in the mornings. Now I'm not. But uh, so my morning routine takes whatever, but I'm like, I'm just barely getting ready for zero hour on time. And then the, uh, I was talking to someone and basically they recommended something for me. And I think a lot of you could try this is at a certain point, like 10 p.m., 11 p.m. or midnight, either one, any of those, just cut yourself off. Then sleep for six hours or so and just get up and finish up what you needed to do. Now, I understand oh, with midnight assignments, that's a bit rough but i found for me at least it's really helped dealing with stress if i cut myself off and i wake and i wake up you know more rested more refreshed i'm more likely to be able to you know finish that work just really quickly in general especially if you're you know uh especially if you try and do things you know at least a couple days in advance this won't hurt you because you know it's already a couple days in advance. One night isn't the issue. If you're late, you know what? If you have to stay up late a couple nights, that's fine. But like trying to get into a habit of sleeping early, getting up early really helps deal with a lot of, you know, stress because you feel more in control. That's really what it is. You feel in control of the fact that I'm picking when I'm sleeping and I'm going to sleep now. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to do what I was worried about right now. Having yeah, that I, sense of control is super useful. Yeah. That type of control is something that I used to have when I had in-person school. Like yeah. I'd be able to wake up at like six on the dot. Like even if I like slept at one, like catching up like on like a textbook reading or something, I'd be able to wake up at six. I think it's just like that REM, like that REM cycle. It just wakes me up. Right. Yeah. But like now I'll sleep at 12 and I'll wake up at 8. Right? So I'll sleep at 9.30 and I'll wake up at 8. It's not good. It's not healthy by any means. So I need to like I need to like figure out like by the time yeah. I get to college, if I'm still waking up at 8, I'm screwed. I know it. It's over for me. It's GG's. It, it is what it is. Right? I just so this summer I have to like focus on like waking up early because I know it's not going to happen for like the one month of school that I have left. Yeah, it's just whatever. So I just need to focus like this summer on waking up early and getting something done, whether it's like working out or whatever. And then I think I'll start being able to get back into my old habits, yeah. waking up early, you know, like, you know, I usually like shower in the morning all the time. Right. Like I'm waiting to like very late at night, like very late at night nowadays to like to like shower or like just like chill out. Right. So it's just it's just not yeah. healthy. Like the habits that I've picked up 
while quarantining or just during the sc- during the school year, they're very bad. Very yeah. bad indeed. <sighs> yeah. I will say a big important thing is just having people to talk to you because for me, I just kind of stopped communicating with people for several months. Same. Like, if it wasn't like, yeah, if it wasn't like a niche or like a couple of my other close friends, I was not talking to anyone else. Yeah. And even then, I wasn't really talking to y'all for a while. And I kind of got over it. And I think I'm more recently, I have. But the thing is, having people to talk to helps a lot because mentally when you're alone you feel isolated that's when you're going to have the worst issues and that's why a lot of high schoolers you know there's a statistic i heard a few years ago the average anxiety level in high schoolers nowadays is about the same level as a 1950s mental asylum which that says something bro like think about like white Think about the people who were in mental asylums in the 1950s. Think about the things that they've seen, that they've done, right? And consider that era in terms of mental health in general. The fact that we're supposed to be in some kind of better era for mental health, we're improving, that just tells you it's not good. So during the quarantine, it's really hard initially because you're, I personally, I can tell you, you're really worried. Are your friends going to be like, still your friends if you're not talk to them for months you're gonna have a lot of like worries about what you're doing take that first step talk to them talk to them a little bit and i can tell you 99 times out of 100 it'll be fine i mean i don't know anyone who's not understanding of just how much stress everybody else is under because everyone else is basically under the same stress yeah like especially our friends yeah yeah I, I, i can agree I can yeah, and then there's you know an important thing is having some uh, you know teachers telling your teachers what's going on is really important. Yeah, if you're having issues, like obviously you know if they're you know obviously if you don't feel comfortable talking about things, that's fine. I totally understand that. That's when you talk to friends and like try to figure things out that way. I don't force yourself to, you know, do things you're uncomfortable with. But, you know, if you feel comfortable to ask a teacher, like, I don't think I can do this. I'm not feeling okay. Do that. That's going to help you. Um, I know my physics teacher this year is probably one of the most uh, understanding people. Like, I don't know anyone who hasn't, like, I've talked to a lot of people this year from our class. And a lot of us have, you know, talked to him and had to work with him on stuff at some point or another and having you know having teachers to talk to is really important and being explaining yourself and what's going on is also important communication is something like that we've all kind of had a hard time with over communication is what's going to help you a lot yeah i agree and like i you also think about like the impact on teachers right like oh my so, goodness my, you only um, so my, one of my teachers, uh, basically told me that like, or basically told our class, like, I have to still move all of my work from on paper to these PowerPoints, all my worksheets, which were, you know, here and here, I have to, you know, teach this all entirely differently, how I would do this in class. Now I have to figure out how to record this, get this onto Google classroom. I, you know, yeah. And like, yeah. Oh, like, like yeah. my so I'll, one of my teachers, right? 
like they've been my teacher for like a very long time, right? Like I've just been in like that subject of class, and sure. through some means or another, I've just ended up in their class, right, for like the last three years, and um, they've had a very tough time. Like even now, yeah. some things are like kind of difficult, but like they've like grasped onto a lot. Right, they've been mm-hmm. asked to do like a lot in a very short amount of time. Like changing their like entire curriculum to like fit an online setting is very hard, right? Especially for teachers like the one that I'm talking about, like they're having to teach like a very new curriculum. Like that's one or two years old. There's no precedent for it. And they're just kind of like having to make it up as they go. It's kind of, I I can understand. It's very hard. And like this teacher, like they've they've asked us like, like our class is like very small. It's like 10 kids, 11 kids. And they've asked us like, Hey, do you guys want to move the test to next week? Or do you want to move the test? even further yeah. like they're um, just trying to make sure that we're learning the, the content thing. instead of pushing tests my, uh, like my teacher was uh not necessarily because they're having trouble with technology but they were like i mean when a teacher you know is understanding the struggles we're going through that's really helpful so like when uh our, one of our teachers did the same thing just asking for okay i think i know a teacher you're talking about and um she's asked us several times for help on just how to get this technology to work and it's like it's hard to you know it's really sad because like a lot of these teachers are really passionate about teaching and it's just really hard for them to you know do what they want yeah for sure like like handing out grades like i think (sighs) um so like the way that our school district is doing it this year um so every so it used to be that every grading period, so every nine weeks, right, every quarter, uh, we would need to have three major evaluations or test grades and, like, X amount of daily grades or just, like, you know, like, regular worksheets or whatever, right? So they've decreased the amount of assignments you really need. Um, so I think maybe that's taking a lot of stress off teachers because they don't have to worry about grading as many assignments. And they can just focus more on teaching the content. But I think it's still very difficult, right? A lot of these teachers, they've been teaching the same content for like 15 years and you ask them to teach it like, hey, just like, you know, switch to online, you know, just like make it, make make like a PowerPoint, right? It's like very hard to do. So I- And a lot of them them felt, they've expressed that a lot of, a couple of my experience, like the, the training they had just didn't help them completely. And I'm not going to say anything, you know, I don't know what training they had, but, you know, that's just really sad because, you know, it's, I understand the districts have very little time to plan this out. It's just really just an unfortunate situation. I feel for teachers and students because students, I mean, if a teacher's having an issue, the students probably going to have a hard time learning. And I know the teachers are really stressed about that. And if the students having a hard time in one class, it sometimes rolls over to other classes, just the amount of stress. Yeah. And another thing is like a lot of most of our teachers, they are required to um, teach from school while most of the kids, like most of the students are attending um, school from home virtually. Right. So actually, I actually know of a teacher from our school, like, like within the program that we do in the IB program that I think, like, actually, like, contracted the coronavirus, right? And so, like, made me wonder about, like, you know, like, how safe it is for teachers to be at school, too, 
Right. Obviously, I don't know how she contracted it, but um, I do know that there is like a safety issue there too, right? Like, how safe are schools um, for teachers, especially because teachers, unlike so students, yeah, obviously students have a risk. That's undoubted. For teachers, the risk, or for students, you're normally moving though. So, you know, you're in a room for an hour, then you're gone. Obviously, you make contact with people around the way. But, you know, being in different air environments, you know, the virus isn't just going to follow you. When you're in the same room for seven straight hours, everything in that area is going to be circulating there for the same amount of time. And uh, from what I've read, I believe COVID can survive on these surfaces for several hours. So th- that's something. So, like, if a teacher's, you know, someone handles a marker, they don't know they're sick. Teacher handles it. Yep. Teacher's in that room all day, and that person has also spread uh, viral particles through the air there. Teacher's there for seven hours. There's a much higher chance a teacher gets it than other students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I think our district, they're still going to try and do this hybrid schedule type thing again next year. Yeah. Um, obviously, as seniors, it doesn't really matter for us as much, but you know, you have to like wonder, like, yeah, will it, will, will it be better? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like at the end of last year, they put a lot less work on us because they didn't know what to do. But I feel the system that they went with there, with limited uh, or the way that they let the teachers do things on their own pace, really helped. Because uh, one of the oldest teachers I know had was because she wasn't like being basically forced into certain points, she was able to create a really, really good system for how she handled our class. Now, again, this was a dual credit college class. So there's a lot of, they, she had a lot of supplies other teachers would have, but our history teacher last year did an amazing job with, you know, just being able to deal with what, uh, do things on his terms. So I feel maybe if teachers had, you know, more freedom to pick how they, dealt with the pandemic so that the ones that feel like they have a plan can do what they need and so that and the ones that need help can ask for it is might work a lot better than having everybody have to do the same thing because one size fits all is not going to work for a lot of people some teachers have been teaching for three years but are extremely good with technology some have been teaching for 30 and have no clue on how to you know zoom yeah, for real. Like, I, I I always, like, imagine... And that's nothing against the teachers, of course. That's just, you know, people have had different experiences on how they taught. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's really... I, I feel really bad for teachers, and I feel really bad for students. And there's just... It's really hard for both sides there. There's... And I don't think, like, there's any kind of animosity between the sides. I think it's just everybody's in a really, really rough situation in terms of the education system right now. Yeah, I hope that, like, at least with, like, the vaccine, um, things will get better, right? Especially for next year, like, at least, like, the senior high school portion yes. um, of our high school, like, I do think it'll get better because um, it, it will be, obviously, if you get vaccinated, like, completely. Like, I know a lot of teachers, I think, Almost all of them were vaccinated. I, I definitely know that most of my teachers. Yeah, I know. If, I believe. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, my zero-hour 
teacher, I believe, is vaccinated. And I believe like three others have, you know, talked about getting how they got vaccinated and how they didn't like the reaction. Yeah. But, you know, I think especially for like the senior high school portion for like the 16 year olds and up, right? Like the juniors and seniors. I think if they were allowed to get back into in person, it would just make things go a lot more smoothly, you know, because I know that like, so for us, we don't have to take any, um, like any like big exams this year, except for like maybe like college credit exams. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think I'd like to say maybe we got lucky, but at the same time, um, I, I there's a lot of that. That's like a lot of our stress in the year dropped a lot of grades. And I felt like a lot of us really wanted the exams because we've been studying them for so long. To yeah, fight, not like, just studying, but like the other aspect is like, so the way they're going to evaluate our exam scores because in so IT, you need a score anyways. It's based off of, but if you don't ha- take the exam, they'll use predicted scores from the teachers and yeah. they'll use um, our score from the IA, your internal assessment. And so, I like, I was talking to my teachers and I was talking uh, specifically to my history teacher. I was like, yeah, I, I, I understand why we went with this. I agree with the decision. It's just for this class, specifically for me, we had to turn in uh, our IA while I, like, right as I got okay from COVID. So I missed that. And then our overall extended essay was due the week later. So, like, I'm kind of worried about those things because I lost quite a bit of time towards the end where a lot of big changes, you know, you do. Yeah. Yeah, like, especially those. I can remember when I was writing that history IA. It was, um, it was, I can tell you, like, right now, it was on a breeze. But I will say, like, I think now, like, I look back and I read back through it. I feel like I'm a little bit more confident, right? Yeah. So I do think there's, like, that aspect of, like, because here's what, here's what I heard from a lot of people, right? It's, um, like, I don't know why you're worrying about your IA so much. You should have tried your hardest, right? Even if you thought there were or there weren't going to be exams right and i think i kind of agree with that you know but at the same time there are circumstances that cannot allow you to work Mm -hmm. as hard because there are other stuff going on yeah i mean i know so many people have been having dealing with mental health issues because of this pandemic oh yeah you know i know like people like personally like it's not just like the isolation right it's kind of like how not interacting with people has messed with people it's kind of like messed with them you know it's kind of like made them scared to go out it's kind of like you know like they're very health conscious right like they're kind of worried about you know it's not even that i feel like a lot of them have just isolated themselves to the point of like they don't interact with anyone yeah and what i don't think it's really their fault i think it's just no one knows how no one knew how to deal with the situation mentally and i don't think anyone truly does now yeah i can agree i can agree but i think things are picking up like yeah you know i've been going out more often i've been seeing friends at least from my street right from across the street lucky (laughs) yeah like and we just like try and like play football or whatever Mm. and it's like helped out um, just like getting to see people and talking to them. Oh my right? goodness, it helps so much. 
Like, yeah, and like, yeah, and it's like we play football for like thirty minutes, and we'll just like sit, and we'll just like sit on like the transformers and like generators outside our houses. Yeah, we'll just like talk forever. Like, I I miss doing that so much. I can anyone. tell you that. Like the yeah, like I I don't know how to explain it. It's just it's attraction, and there's been scientific studies on it. But even if you don't read those, it's just being with people helps you remember you're not alone in dealing with these issues. Almost everybody has had to deal with the same age. To just exactly. Well, I guess thank you all for listening to this episode. And I've been your host, Anish. Uh, I'm your host, Samir. All potty. <laughs> I had to add my last name in there. Just just so they know. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, our, our original topic was, you know, vaccines. And I, uh, we kind of talked about something, you know, that's like kind of related to it, kind of not related to it, but something that I know a lot of people can't relate to. So, and it's really important, actually. I feel like the impact on people is more important than, let's say, just the vaccine itself. Just the impact of COVID on people is something that, like, a lot of people need something to relate to. Yeah. And, like, talking about, like, people, um, people's, like, morale and people's, yeah. like, uh, especially, you know, I guess, feelings. You know, especially from like, a couple weeks ago and stuff, like, geez, like, definitely people need that. Yeah. And just like, um, especially, you know, not just that, but um, just the amount of work that people have at this time frame because of AP exams, IB exams, final exams. I don't care. I think we had a viewer from Germany once or a listener. I mean, everybody has exams at this point. You know, that's crazy. That's true. We do have, I think, I think we do have a listener from Germany. Let's go. Let's go. Duh. Anyways, <laughs> that's like the that's like the only bit of uh, German I know. The other one is a uh... oh oh here's a fitting one. Here's a fitting one to end the episode. Auf Wiedersehen. I think I said that right. Yeah. Auf Wiedersehen. Did I say it right, Nish? Yeah, Auf Wiedersehen or something. Yeah. I have I have German cousins. <laughs> Whatever. I I don't remember most of this. Yeah. But hey, that's pretty cool. You know, it's that. We're able to engage people globally. Hmm? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's been your host, Samir. I'm your host, Anish. Yes. And uh, we will catch you later on the next one, where we talk about something that Anish and I are very excited about. Yes. Something that's taken the world by storm. Yes. 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 All right. And uh, we'll, we'll see you. I don't know when this episode will be uploaded. Maybe yeah. later tonight or early tomorrow morning. But we will be recording on uh, tomorrow's April 30th. We yeah. will be recording on April 30th. And uh, we'll be talking about something very exciting. Yes. So until then, uh, thank you for listening. And uh, all Vieters in. Yes. <laughs> to a wonderful <laughs> viewer. <laughs> all right.